Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. I'm William. I'm going to scare you. I'm going to thrill you. I'm going to chill you. I'm going to put a little boogie in your noogie. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to kick back and have a good time. Just come along for the ride. That's right. I'm yeah. a good time Willie tonight. <laughs> That's right. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um, uh, Let me go first. Yeah. Yours is very dense, you're saying. So why don't you get it out of the way and then I'll lighten things up. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a little bit topical. Okay, great. I, like many people out there, are very excited mm-hmm. for M. Night Shyamalan's oh, new movie. Yeah. Okay. So what are you doing? Glass. I'm really excited about it. For people who are unfamiliar <laughs> In the year to two, be uninitiated. Yeah. In the year 2000, M. Night Shyamalan made a movie called Unbreakable. And it was essentially about Bruce Willis playing a character named David Dunn. He's the sole survivor of a train crash. And he meets a, a strange fellow played by Samuel L. Jackson who insists that this means that Bruce Willis is a superhero. He is unbreakable. He cannot be hurt. His bones don't break, which is in direct contrast to Samuel L. Jackson's condition, which renders him incredibly vulnerable to fractures. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a superhero movie before superhero movies were huge. Yeah. I think it was even before X-Men. I'm always surprised at how old that movie is. I know. Yeah. Um, and it was originally planned to be the first of a trilogy. Those plans fell apart when the movie did not do well. However, a couple of years ago, M. Night Shyamalan made another movie called Split, which was about a guy with split personalities. He's got like 23 different personalities Mm -hmm. all residing in one body. And people found out that that was a secret sequel to Unbreakable. Yeah. So cool. Like the whole movie, there's nothing that ties it to Unbreakable at all. It totally feels like a standalone thing. And then just the last part, it's like, so I don't totally remember. Somebody's like in a diner or something, and there's something <laughs> yeah. about the guy on the news or the crimes or whatever. And it's David Dunn just like looking up at the TV, and you're like, ah, Oh, David ah, Dunn, ah. we're in the yeah. Unbreakable world. And the sa- the soundtrack from Unbreakable Place. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. and that theme is so good. I can't imagine how excited because I already knew it had been spoiled for. It had been spoiled no, for me too. I, I'm frequently spoiled with sweet Same. things, but yeah. um, I can't imagine how sweet that must have been to be just watching Split, and then you're like, Huh, huh, huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, uh, I remember watching it and being excited because I knew that it was coming because it had been spoiled for me. Yeah. But then as I was paying attention, I was like, ooh, this is weird. They're watching the news of the, the, the guy with the 23 personalities. And then someone literally says in the diner, they're like, this reminds me of that guy oh. with the brittle bones. He was like a super villain, but in real life. <laughs> what was it? He wore purple all the time and was played by Samuel L. Jackson. What was his name? And did Bruce Willis turn with teeny weeny lips and be like, Mr. Glass? His name's Glass. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's on the nose, but okay. Fine. So anyway. There was oh. also a big spoiler in the trailer for the upcoming Glass to Split. Like it spoils a big thing and split. Oh, does it? Yeah, like I don't know if I should say. Oh, don't but don't say it. Okay. Yeah, because I, I yeah. I um, mean, it's in the trailer. We've already it's just not, spoiled I'm not a bunch of stuff, to. but I think all the stuff that we've said is pretty common knowledge now in premacy. I think so. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. Um, I'll tell you later. But either way, uh, Glass is coming out. It is now the th- uh, apparently the third in this unlikely franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, Allie and I have tickets to see it tomorrow night. Oh, I nice. got them as soon as they were available. Yeah, Ryan and I are really stoked to see it. I'm very excited for it. Uh, but it got uh, me thinking, mm-hmm. Kristen, because these things are all exaggerations of real-life conditions. Yeah. So, uh, according to M. Night Shyamalan, what are these other superpowers that exist in real life? So, I'm going to tell you about 
superhumans that live among us. Oh, awesome. I've, I've watched some TV shows about this. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so, uh, we'll go through one by one so far with our main characters from this trilogy of movies. Let's start with David Dunn. Uh, the unbreakable man. Yeah. Uh, who is impervious to pain. He does not get sick. Uh, he has super strength and his main primary weakness is water. Mm-hmm. We see in the movie Unbreakable. He, uh, I it, forgot that. Yeah. He I almost, wears poncho. he wears a poncho to keep the rain away. Yeah. He falls in a pool and he gets tangled in the pool cover, which is one of the most like agonizing scenes in any movie. Maybe Just I makes should- you gulp for breath as you're watching it. Maybe I should rewatch Unbreakable. I really don't remember it super oh, well. Oh, you should absolutely rewatch it. It's I remember a great really movie. liking it, yeah. um, but I didn't remember that. Okay. Yeah. So um, that condition of being unbreakable, quote unquote, is essentially uh, something that happens in real life when you have a mutation of uh, the LRP5 gene. Mm-hmm. This is the gene that is linked to osteoporosis and low bone density, mm-hmm. but essentially it's the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Some people have incredibly high bone density. Yeah. And this can mean that their bones are uh, essentially almost unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy how it was discovered. Um, in 1994, a man who's known only to me as John, I don't believe that's his real name, was in a car accident. Uh, he was completely uninjured totally unharmed when they did an x-ray they saw that he had shockingly high bone density his Uh bones are just like really thick and strong separately there was a man who needed to get a hip replacement but they could not screw the prosthesis into his existing bones oh my god that's crazy the doctors uh of those two cases managed to get in contact with each other and found out that those two men were related Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's nuts. In your research, did you come across an episode of the show In Search of, the remake of it with Zachary Quinto or Quinto or something? No. So there was a remake of it. It was a Leonard Nimoy show from the 80s. And there was an episode, um, I think it was the first episode, that was about superhumans or superhuman strength. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And I don't remember it's like super specifically, but one of the men was, it was something involving a car. I think that either he himself was in a car that was burning and he was able to get out and like push through something that was like, like melted shut or something, or he pulled over and saw somebody who was in a car that was burning and he was able, I know this is annoying because it's really like nonspecific. He either picked up the car or he was able to like pull open a door that was like insanely jammed where he yeah. wouldn't be able to do it. And he was just like a totally normal guy outwardly, like in like normal shape, but nothing crazy. Sure. So there was that. And then there was, he spoke to, I don't remember what kind of like, I don't know if you'd say branch, but what, school of of monk this was but basically talked to and did tests with a monk who um like trained like crazy and for all i know everybody who he worked with was doing this like trained like crazy to be pretty impervious to pain so it was the kind of thing where you see on tv or whatever with like a guy like breaking something up like mind over matter though major mind over matter so they end up doing tests with that guy in an mri machine where he went to one machine and Zachary Quinto went to another machine and they both meditated. <laughs> Switched bodies. Yeah. <laughs> like the fly. Yeah. They like teleported and metamorphosed into one. Well, no. They so the guy was like, it's it's mostly meditation, just like focus and also build I 
I don't know if he was talking about building up chi or not. I might be wrong. Definitely meditation. Let's just say that. Yeah. Just meditation and focus and, and mind over mattering it. And Zachary Quinto is somebody who meditates, but kind of casually, not like on a monk level or whatever. So they put them in both um, MRI machines or something. Not like Adrian Monk. <laughs> That's an obsessive level of meditation. Yeah. So put them in the MRI machines. And I think it was that they put both of their hands in water that was so cold it would be painful. <laughs> so what happened was Zachary Kinto meditated for so long he fell asleep. And then they put his ben, hand in a bowl of warm water. <laughs> and saw whether through sheer will he could not pee his pants or not. No, they put their hands in water that was so cold to be super painful, and then they measured – maybe it was an MRI machine. It was something. But they measured their pain receptors, like whatever is going on in your body that's recognizing pain or the pain in your brain or something, and measured of both dudes to see what the difference was. Hmm. And I believe the result was, unsurprisingly, the monks showed much less – you know, pain things zinging off. Yeah. And I think what the, they didn't really figure out what was the deal with the guy who was able to like save somebody from a burning car. Well, there are stories of people that, uh, suddenly because of adrenaline have essentially yeah. super strength, like yeah. mothers that lift the cars off their babies, stuff like that. I think that that was kind of the conclusion they came to. They did some tests with that guy again to see if he could do or how close he could come to similar, um, similar conditions or whatever without the pressure of whatever the situation was. And he like didn't even come close. So I think yeah. their conclusion was that it was just like crazy adrenaline. Yeah. You need the fear like dark Knight rises. Exactly. If you want to climb that wall and jump that gap, you got to take that rope off, take the rope off. You need the fear. Mm -hmm. And then they also had a guy who had a condition where he didn't feel pain. It was like a nerve thing or yeah. something. Mm -hmm. and I'll so, be getting into that a little bit yeah, later. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but this high bone density thing, not mm -hmm. only does it mean that your bones don't break, mm -hmm. it means that uh, you have a harder time swimming. Yeah. You might not be as buoyant oh, as the average person. That's crazy. Yeah. So David Dunn from Unbreakable, super strong, impervious to you know his bones breaking at all and yeah. his weakness is water. He might have a mutation of the LRP5 gene. Oh my God, that's insane! Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's great. That must be that must be kind of like not an Easter egg, but an unspoken thing. I feel like that yeah. had to have been talked about. In the well, and it's round. an exaggeration of of real life, yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's a, a real life thing that I think I think in the movie. To be fair, they, they reference are, it right in the movie, like a high bone density thing. No, or, like, I think yeah. that uh, I'm not sure. I I didn't go back to like the quotes or anything. I think um, uh, Mr. Glass. I think Samuel L. Jackson does say his condition. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what he says if he says what I have here, mm -hmm. but he says like maybe Bruce. Uh, Willis is on the opposite side of the spectrum from mm -hmm. that. Like his are super weak. Bruce Willis's bones are super strong. Yeah. Uh, so like they do talk about real life conditions like that, but I still, I think the movie, there's genuinely paranormal things that happen in that right, film. Right. So he's, he's not just some dude, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean all these stories, like even superhero stories, like, uh, I'll just jump ahead a little bit. Sure. There's a, like another condition that I'm going to talk about, uh, called, Actually, the one you just mentioned, the inability to feel pain. It's called mm -hmm. congenital analgesia. Mm -hmm. And these two things combined, the mutation of the LRP5 gene and congenital analgesia, uh, unbreakable bones and the inability f to feel pain is essentially every superhero from comic books. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do like, people have that in real life? What do you mean? Are there people who have analgesia and well, it's not impossible. Way. I don't, I don't yeah, have, yeah, yeah. I don't have a Venn Sorry. diagram of all the people that have these. No, I was just curious if you came across any cases of people right. who have that. But like, uh, like that is in f like fictional storytelling, just yeah. like exaggerated th versions of things that happen in real life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like metaphorical. Totally. Um, 
Metaphorically speaking. Metaphorically speaking. But it's interesting. It's just, it's, it's, it's wild yeah. that this exists. Um, I think a lot of these things, um, I say superhuman and I'm putting that in, you know, big like italics, mm-hmm. you know, because I think a lot of these things end up being, um, uh, most of them end up being, uh, incredibly problematic for the people that have them. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't even want to be like silly and tongue in cheek about saying that these are superpowers. Like, no, some of these who, suck. They're mutations of like human genes that have a lot of bad effects. Yeah. There too. are other consequences. Yeah. Right. That guy who couldn't feel, feel pain, like before they realized what was going on with him when he was a kid. Yeah. Like, he hurt himself constantly. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, kids that don't feel pain end up covered in burns. Right. Like, he didn't feel, when I say he hurt himself, he didn't feel the hurt, but like, oh, he sure. was injuring himself. Yeah. Realizing. Yeah. They might have infections that they don't know that they have because pain is a, 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 a survival yeah. response, right? Like if mm-hmm. you put your hand on a hot stove, reflexively, you take your hand off of it. It's not a thing you have to think about. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel pain, you put your hand on a hot stove, you're you not even thinking it. about it. And then even if you look at it, you're like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. And all that time that your hand's been on the stove, you've done extra damage. Right. A lot of kids with that condition die young. Yeah. 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 Um, it's her- as As easy as it is to boil down to like, Oh, what a crazy thing to not feel pain. Mm -hmm. It's actually insanely problematic. Totally. Yeah. Uh, All right. So Mr. Glass, Mm -hmm. having bones of glass. Yeah. That's called osteogenesis imperfecta, Mm -hmm. also known as brittle bone disease. Mm -hmm. One in 15,000 people has it, which is shocking. Yeah. But there's, uh, again, a spectrum. Mm -hmm. So uh, some kinds are worse than others. Some kinds are better than others. I don't know. Depends on how you want to look at it. Or that lady on 30 Rock who said that her bones were hollow like a bird's. Yeah, because she, she has a hollow hollow bone. <laughs> she introduced herself to that every time. She's like, we've met before. My bones are hollow like a bird's. I yeah, like, I remember oh, you. Yes, yeah. Yep, I remember. <laughs> Careful of my bones. <laughs> yeah. She says at one yeah. point. Um, yeah, she's played by... It's not Emily Mortimer. It's another British Emily. I'm pretty sure it is Emily Mortimer because she was in Scream 3. Oh, I was very the, happy about it. Okay, who's the Emily who's in Red Dragon then? Emily, is that an Emily? I think it is. I don't know. Because I, I thought that was Emily Mortimer. Hold on a second. Oh no, I don't Red think so. Dragon. Red Dragon Lady. Emily. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Whoever you, that is. You good? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so some other symptoms rather than your bones being especially Emily brittle. Emily Watson, excuse me. Emily Watson. Yeah. Uh, there's a blue tinge to the whites of your eyes if oh. you have this condition. Sometimes uh, you may have a short height, loose joints, hearing loss. Uh, and some of the ways that they may treat this is inserting metal rods mm-hmm. into the long bones of your body. Mm-hmm. So like your leg bones, anything to essentially strengthen them so that they yeah. can't break yeah um and i found out that michael j anderson from twin peaks uh oh has this osteogenesis imperfecta oh interesting a lot of times it causes uh your bones to i think grow incorrectly because the pressure on them even if it's not breaking them is making them bend yeah yeah so it's just like yeah it's doesn't cause you to say horrible racist things does it uh in him it did yeah i don't know (laughs) or something else he was doing yeah um can't blame that yeah uh all right the movie Split. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main character of that movie, Kevin Wendell Crumb, 
has a bunch of different personalities, one of which is the Beast, mm-hmm. uh, which is able to like climb up walls and right. super strong, impervious to pain, which all those things might be unbreakable. Right. So it might just be that on top of that, oh. he also has disassociative identity disorder. Oh, that, by the way, is the thing that I was saying that's kind of a spoiler. Like, because in the movie Split, you don't really know if that's true. That's like a rumor among the personalities right, yeah. that there's something called the Beast. Yeah. But I had already seen all the trailers for Glass, where you see him running like a gazelle, like really crazy. Oh, so was, so sure, was, sure, sure. So I was like, oh, okay, so the Beast is definitely a thing that's going to come out. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, these things are in the trailer then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's I'm, not- I'm doing any any uh, bending over backward I can to make myself feel better about potentially spoiling this for people. It's in the trailer. It's fine. I think that is real. Okay. It's in the trailer right now. You could Then you could say, just go to see friggin' – well, I was going to say Mary Poppins Returns. They're probably not putting the trailer. Comes out of the friggin' sky. <laughs> They're probably not putting the trailer for Glass before that. <laughs> but like – if you go to any movie, then you're getting spoiled for Split. You maybe I mean? maybe Mary Poppins is in the Unbreakable verse. I bet her bones are very light. <laughs> she gets snapped like a twig. Yeah, she floats a lot. Yeah, she does. she floats because we're hollow bones. Yeah, like a bird. A like a bird. She has the yeah. hollow bone disorder right. that allows her to just float up into the sky. That's right. Plus, she can get sucked into that bathtub drain. <laughs> so they must be able to like. Did that happen? <laughs> I don't. It's in the, I haven't seen it yet. It's in the trailer oh. where she's like, "Let's go!" And then she oh, like, falls into the flops bathtub. Into the wand, like, <laughs> yeah. She's gone. She's not in here. I think she goes down the bathtub drain. So if her bones, are call the police. So you're so trying brittle. to tell me? Last time you saw the victim, she just disappeared in the tub. That's suspicious. Right into the drain, sir. You're the last person to see her alive. That's right. <laughs> you're under arrest for murder. But why? I'm just drawing me chalk drawings. I'm burnt, you see. <laughs> I'm just trying to make me living. <laughs> He's resisting arrest. <laughs> <laughs> but then I just jump into one of my chalk drawings and I'm gone. And then a cop, they're like, well, officer, now you were the last person to see Bird alive. <laughs> yeah. I'm a good cop. Don't you understand? <laughs> <laughs> and around and around we go. Yeah. Where she stopped, nobody know. <laughs> So anyway, uh, this is not the superpower, I think, of Split, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to go into it because uh, it's probably something that's – it's like – Yeah. Yeah. All right. Disassociative Identity Disorder, also mm-hmm. known as Multiple Personality Disorder. It's highly controversial. Yes. There are a lot of people who say that uh, this is a completely real thing, that you can have multiple personalities uh, all residing in one body um, that show up at different times due to stress, something like that. It might be caused by childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who say that it is not real mm-hmm. and that it, it was a, a misdiagnosis, sometimes a hoax, um, and it might have had something to do with the fad of using hypnosis in therapy oh. uh, for a while, of of just being like, I'll put you under and we'll f- see what we can figure out here. Oh, uh, yeah, like regressed memories and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, and the the biggest case of that would be Sybil. Mm-hmm. I remember they played this for us in school. I've never seen it. I like know the reference when yeah. people talk about it, but I've never seen it before. Yeah, I mean, granted, I, I took a ton of psych- <clears throat> psychology courses, but yeah, mm-hmm. they played Sybil for us in school, which is huh. like wrong lesson. Yeah, that's weird. The lesson should be, look at how people will manipulate data and information because or manipulate their because i guess how would i say this like i wonder if hmm, what am i trying to say an argument for some people and not even all people but like maybe there are some people who are they're not 
they're not literal personalities that are coming up, but it's a coping mechanism that sure. they maybe are kind of doing subconsciously in a way. Yeah. So yes. it's kind of the right. same end result. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. But it's like, kind of like a way of protecting yourself in this del- more. But I think every. But I think it's common for people to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Will uh, is sometimes Will, and then sometimes mm-hmm. he's Gary Bob, mm-hmm. and Gary Bob can speak, you know, Spanish. Yeah. You know, like they think that it's like literally like just different beings all in one body. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think, but I think there are different cases of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, but in the most famous case of Sybil. Uh, it eventually came out that that entire thing was fake. Right. The real Sybil was named Shirley A. Mason, and uh, she later admitted that she would manifest more and more personalities uh, because she saw how happy it made her doctor, Connie Wilbur. Oh. Uh, so it started with just a couple, and yeah. then as Connie Wilbur started to be like, oh my, this is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, then suddenly more personalities sh- started to show up. Yeah. Uh, such as Victoria Antoinette Charlot, Peggy Lou Baldwin. Peggy Ann Baldwin, which hmm, feels like, like confusing. Feels like she just forgot the middle name of one that of her. That does. It's really weird that the first and last are the same. Yeah. It'd be awesome if they were all like Peggy Jane Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. Peggy Sarah Baldwin. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, essentially there was like a financial reason why it was beneficial to keep this going. And also uh-huh. she was getting like constant affirmation from her doctor. Yeah, yeah. Who was like piling all the attention on and interest and mm-hmm. everything. So yeah, okay. Yeah. So those are the big three from the movies. Yeah. There's going to be a show about uh, dissociative identity disorder coming out on A&E. Oh, is that right? Called like, I don't remember what it's called. It's with Jane in the name. But following somebody who has that. Oh, cool. Okay. Coming out. That's interesting. Yeah. Very I don't cool. know a lot about it. It's Funny that you bring it up. I did click on, I keep getting these videos of, or like YouTube recommend, recommendations about it because I did click on a video about it and watch it. And it was, I guess there's kind of a whole, you know, there are like a million different subgenres of everything, especially with like YouTube videos and vlogging and stuff. I guess there's a big community around dissociative identity disorder on YouTube, like people who have it kind of like vlogging and talking about it and like documenting and things like that. Cool. I don't know a whole ton about it, but that's something I just recently became aware of is like kind of a big thing. That's, that's interesting too, because that is a one. It might be the kind of thing that like, like these shows for me, Mm -hmm. like end up being about, uh, uh, not just like being able to have fun and have conversations, but mm-hmm. occasionally they're for my mental health. Yeah, no, I, I, it seemed like it was kind of just from the one, I only watched one video, but it seemed like it was kind of like a therapeutic thing in a way for yeah. the person who was doing it. And then two, that's giving the world more information about this condition mm-hmm. uh, than like just like what a doctor might see under certain situations. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like uh, documenting. Yeah, it, it it's, seemed, it's interesting. It seemed like also maybe for the person that they could then go look at things that they might not necessarily actually consciously remember, at least in whatever persona they're in at the moment, you yeah. know, if you have the kind of thing. Because I think from what I understand, some people do kind of have memories of what was going on with the other personalities when they step forward, but some people just don't. It's just like a lost time kind of thing. Yeah. So you go back and see. The thing that I saw was like somebody who said that you could see them switch personalities or whatever like on camera she said that she just kind of kept the camera on because she could feel that she was about to switch and that she has kind of like an aura um it reminded me almost of like how my dog crumbs has um epilepsy and there's like an aura period where you can tell he like doesn't feel right before he's gonna have one so she could kind of sense that like maybe something was coming on and i don't remember what she said 
was the trigger or whatever. But she said it was like extremely slight. I like watched the whole video. You can't really tell. Maybe if you're somebody who like followed her channel constantly, you right. can tell. It was really just that she was just like watching TV and then she like asked her husband for something and she was like, I can see that like I changed, like my voice changed a little bit there or something like that. It was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's cool. Um, all right. So some of the other, other sort of, uh, uh, interesting conditions that mm-hmm. people have. Uh, there's a thing as being a super sleeper. Uh, this is the HDEC2 gene, hmm. whatever. I'm trying to avoid all the technical stuff cause I'm not smart enough for it, but either way, that's fine. What this means is, uh, that you need half the amount of sleep Oh my god! as the average person. I have heard of that. Yeah. They can get by on just four hours of sleep. That's plenty. Wow. That's plenty. I think some people say that they're that way yeah. and they just kind of use it as a reason to like not prioritize sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like I, that's all I need. Yeah. That's what yeah. I did yeah. and do. <laughs> still. You sleep more than you used to now though, right? I'm still delusional about <laughs> the amount of sleep I need. I definitely sleep more now. Yeah. You used yeah. to sleep like, yeah, like four hours. I do like it though. I do feel like uh 3 a.m is like a real interesting time for me <laughs> because you're teetering on the edge of complete exhaustion. So yeah. your, your, your defenses are down. I'm on the precipice and I do some real interesting work. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, straight up. The next one isn't a gene. This is Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. Who actually had his genome sequenced and they found abnormalities uh, that might actually have been the reason why he's still alive despite so much drug abuse. What? Yeah. That's crazy. That's true. Do you know what the abnormalities are? No. It's just very resilient somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, because that guy went ham. Oh, sure. I've seen a lot of articles that that were straight up just saying, like, why is Ozzy Osbourne alive? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still. <laughs> like, so many of his peers, like, died due to, like, drug abuse and things like yeah. that. And it's straight up is that he's medically different. He's built different. I did not know that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Wow. Sharon, I'm a medical anomaly. <laughs> What's that, Ozzy? <laughs> Ooh. A lot of rough British accents. Boy, Ozzy Osbourne had the best worst cameo ever in a movie. You know what I'm talking about? Is it, was he in Ghostbusters? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the 2016 Ghostbusters. It's like five it's minutes. Like way like past his past the time of this being a good cameo oh like yeah. way beyond it would you so say weird. the osborne's went off tv in 2005 oh my or god six really maybe something like that about a decade later they fight a demon and then like everything's finally quiet and then they just cut to ozzy osborne it goes sharon so i'm weird. having flashbacks oh my god and it's quiet it's so quiet in the movie and in the theater as everybody just sees what's happening. Was it still quiet or was I still laughing no, at that guy from Mad on. TV <laughs> when he did that scream? <laughs> I can't even think about it. Kristen really laughed at one particular moment of Ghostbusters. And like, <laughs> I think I only saw it the one time. I think they reference that this did they even say this guy has a scream like a high scream or something did they reference that i think they did because they stole it from the ghostbusters video game okay and they just say and you kind of like forget about it it's like it's like a non-thing yeah and then the guy screams like 10 minutes later like a high-pitched like insane scream and it like really killed me i really i really couldn't stop laughing i I remember being so happy i was just like crying yeah i don't i don't know meanwhile i was waiting for the laughter to start (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway. All right, super sprinters. Literally, their muscles are built better. Wow. And a lot of these people end up being like long distance runners and stuff. So like sometimes, honestly, as much as this is cool, it's also discouraging to me where it's like, not that it was ever my aspiration. Yeah, but how come I don't have this? Yeah. Yeah. You know, or like, or like, like a shade of it. If you have this condition, do you, is there even a way for you to not find out you are good, you're a good runner? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, could you have this, but you've just never unlocked that potential because you haven't tried to sprint? Right. Like, do we have some mutation that we haven't, you just haven't figured out yet? Oh my God. Probably. Most likely. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. All right. Oh, man. Super sight is a mutation of the opsin gene in the eye. About 12% of women have this. That's high. It's like one in 10, basically. Mm, yeah. Uh, the average person can see about 1 million colors. These people can see 100 million Whoa. colors. What? Oh, I wish I had that. I would love that. It feels like a fake... It feels like a fake statistic that somebody's thinking of on the fly. Yeah, that does sound made up. Usually, you can only see one million, but they can up see to 100 one hundred million. One hundred million, yeah. <laughs> like garbage. Yeah, uh, like Dwight said it. Yeah, Allie believes that she has this, and she's taken several online tests. But yeah. uh, I counter that declaration by saying that when we first moved into our first apartment, I was about to say I remember this. she wanted to repaint the living room because she didn't like. The the white. Yeah. She wanted it to be like a warmer white. So we went and we bought a warmer white. And I was like halfway through painting the room before I finally acknowledged to myself, like, I'm wasting my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. It looked like it looked like I was dipping the paint roller into a bucket of water. Yeah. <laughs> Just rolling it on the it wall. Like exactly it was the same. exactly the same. And I brought it up down. She was like, no, it's, it's different. I can see it's different. Yeah. And later she admitted she couldn't yeah. tell. <laughs> well, can you ha- could you be having that crazy eye thing if you wear glasses? Like, could you – are people who are seeing 100 million colors glasses wearers? You know what I mean? I would think no. I – I would. I want to say no, but I'm too dumb to know for yeah. sure. Because uh, immediately it makes me go like, well, "What's the correlation? Is it also like 12 percent of women wear glasses?" <laughs> you know well, what I'm saying? Is it like the color receptors are different than no, the distance it, it is and that, everything it is receptors? That. It is. So like yeah. you could maybe potentially. You've got one more cone or something like that in your eyes. Maybe that's why I like love colors so much. Maybe I have that thing and I don't even know. I'm so dazzled visually easily. <laughs> I am, I love I'm a very visual person yeah. I love colors God oh. So stupid sounding <laughs> Yeah It does sound stupid <laughs> I just love colors I really do uh, Lord help me Super smellers This is called hyperosmia oh, Super smeller But not the way They're talking about And all I have for this smelly I've got two examples Hannibal Lecter And ah. the entire Fragrance industry Oh very good That's all I've got That makes sense uh, But yeah These people can like yeah. Smell one part of Petunia per five Gallons of air Yeah yeah <laughs> They're really good at it. Oh, they're like really good at smelling on it. All right. Perfect recall. This perfect memory. It's called hyperthymesia. And I wish I had this. There are only 25 confirmed cases. Wow. One of them is actress Mary Lou Henner from Taxi. Oh. She has perfect recall. Uh, cool. But this is one of those things where it's a little column A, a little column B. Mm-hmm. She can remember everything. But that also means all your emotional pains. Oh, God. Right. You'd yeah. never be able to leave that moment that a bully wow, called you a name. Wow, that's tough, yeah. actually. I wouldn't want that. You'd have actually. to really, like, train yourself to, like, 
stay out of there in your mind palace. You know, like be like, yeah. don't go to third grade. Oh my God. Especially if you're somebody who's like had any sort of like trauma in life. Yeah. I hope those 25 people have led fairly chill lives. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, and then the final one that I've got is just called Eating Everything. Uh, <laughs> this is a guy named Monsieur Mangetout. <laughs> Major, first of all, Major? Major Majatune. I practiced before. Is it not Monsieur? I practiced before. Wait, is it actually Major? Monsieur. Oh, it's, it's like Monsieur, like, like Mr. Majatune. <laughs> Monsieur Majatune. I'm pretty sure you don't pronounce the last T. Not Monsieur Majatune. Bonjour. Bonjour, bonjour. Oh, my God. Monsieur Mongitude. <laughs> that translates in French literally to Mr. Eats It All. Mr. Eats All. Mr. Eats It All. Mr. Eats It All is better. Mr. Eats It All. Sounds like a weird kid's toy. This guy. True to the name, he eats it all. You name it, he ate it. Gl- glass, rubber, oh, metal. Oh, God, that kind of thing. I gotcha. Oh. He ate an entire airplane. What? <laughs> he ate an entire airplane. Everybody Google Monsieur Monsieur Mongitude. Not Monsieur. Monsieur. Wait, so is this this guy's like job now? Like he's found a way to like dine out? On this, I have to imagine the airplane thing, right? This had to be a spectacle, it had to have been. It took him two years. Oh my god, yeah, it wasn't like he was in the sky and he does he like got it? Got a bit peckish. <laughs> does he like it? I guess. Does I, it is it tasty? Listen, if you're gonna get to the point where you're eating the whole airplane, you'd better like it. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, he has a condition called pica, uh huh, which is a disorder that gives you an appetite for stuff you shouldn't be eating. I've seen that in cor- <laughs> connection with dogs and dogs eating paper, like Mr. Crumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you think Crumb has pica? Yes. <laughs> I think he does an appetite. Yes, I do think he has. I think it's pronounced yeah. pica, but pica. yeah. Um, this guy, Monsieur Mongitude, also has normally <laughs> such a funny name. That's such a funny. Uh, uh, okay. Oh my god! He, al- he also has an abnormally thick stomach and intestinal lining. I would certainly hope so. And He's gonna need a little help with that. I didn't read that much further, so all I wrote was, "So I, it's all good. <laughs> like it's fine for him to be eating an airplane and stuff." Like, is he chewing it? Or is teeth strong? Like, is uh, okay. Is it just that his digestive can, system can handle these things, unlike, unlike normal di- digestive systems because of his stomach and intestines? Or, like, can he chew this stuff? Is pooping it okay? Like, is he masticating this properly? Do you know? What's going on with Monsieur Mongetude? <laughs> well, for more information... How uh, did he discover this? Let's go to our uh, our, our colleague in the field. Uh, Monsieur Mongetude, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come in, Monsieur Mongitude. <laughs> he ate the microphone. All right. Well, 
Uh, I guess we're just gonna have to finish the broadcast ourselves. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have answers to those questions. I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's all good. Again, yes. I, I mean, it's one thing to be doing weird stuff like eating a plunger for yeah. the rubber and wood. Oh my it's god. It's another eating thing. A plunger like the wood. Oh. It's another thing to be eating an entire airplane over the course of two years and find out. Oh, I can't poop. So I'm assuming. I mean, he must. I mean, Mister Mongitude. I'm sure he's got it under control. He must be chewing it properly. He then. must know what he's doing. I'm going to trust that a monger, monger, mongitude <laughs> knows how to get it done. I guess he must. Wow. I guess I'll leave monger, mongitude to it. I guess I got to trust him on this one. Um, wow. Yeah, exactly. Now, uh, uh, two other things. Yeah. The future of mankind. Oh, okay. Might be superpowers. Have you heard of CRISPR? No, what's that? C-R-I-S-P-R. No, it's not the next hot... Potato chip? Potato chip. No, it's not the next hot social network. Are you on CRISPR? Crispin Glovin's social... Not the next hot... I mean, Crispin Glovin. Crispin Glover's social network? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. CRISPR. Yeah. You can meet Crispin Glovers in your area. <laughs> Swipe right. Yeah. Um, Big time. Your density has popped you to my website. <laughs> Welcome to CRISPR. <laughs> you can meet him up for a milk, chocolate. Yeah. You know, like old shows, this is so not anything. Like in old shows they used to show in the 90s, people would like go on the internet, they'd open a thing, and it would pop up on the screen, and there would just be like a video of a person being like, hello, yeah, how yeah. are you? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. why aren't websites like Welcome. that? If you go... To gttupod.com. It should be your head. Yeah. Like framed perfectly as if you're chatting right. on face and you're like, greetings. Yeah. Welcome to my website. Come inside. Please come in. I'm welcoming <laughs> you. You just have to home. go to websites and you have to, you, you'd go there and it'd be like, welcome to the blah, blah, blah website. Enter. Oh, you, yeah. You'd have to click the word enter to get in. Yeah. So it's like they built a That's door. That's right. They then had to get in. Right. That's weird. Old internet was the best. Internet. I know. It was sweet. Anyway, that's what CRISPR is like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with uh, uh, this actual CRISPR, it's a gene editing thing, uh -huh. whatever. They might be able to uh, to give you this stuff someday. Mm -hmm. They might be able to build somebody with unbreakable bones. Uh -huh. All of the strengths, none of the weaknesses, right? Ooh, so I could still swim. Still swim. Uh, uh, if you had a coupon. Mm-hmm. You get a Groupon to CRISPR, whatever. Yeah. What what gene editing do you want? What superpowers do you want? I don't want to mess around too much. No? It seems dangerous to me. Too, huh. Too new. If this, was, if this was established technology that has been around for like a long time and we've tested and everything, uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm messing around with CRISPR. Yeah, I would let people... I didn't get an iPad 1. I waited exactly. until they figured it out. I got the one with the cameras and stuff. I get the S version of every phone. Let's just say that. Exactly. I'm going to let them work out the kinks. So I'll say this. They, they worked out the kinks. It's perfect. What do you want? That color thing. Color thing? If I don't already have it. I want to yeah. see 100 million colors. Yeah, but I think it's still, it's like gradients of colors. You're not going to get to see some cool new color the rest of us don't get to see. I know, but still, if I'm already this dazzled by the friggin' Philips Hue thing you gave me, can you imagine the shadow and light play that would take place if i had that yeah i guess you're right okay um i mean look i'm not that active i'm not breaking any bones any, i've never broken a bone i'm oh, a sedentary that's gal weird. yeah hey we know that i don't have the unbreakable disease true yeah true so yeah right we've tested that there's my arms i've had a know. broken arm before mm -hmm. that's right 
rest of it is out to lunch. Maybe I should be eating, you know, <laughs> everything around me. Maybe yeah, I why don't you eat this table and see what happens to me? Chomping <laughs> down on this can of salt. Maybe I could be the, the, the American Monjour yeah. Mongitude. <laughs> You could be like some like Gallagher 2-esque ripoff. Yeah. That name is a showman's name. I yes. think you should stay with the Major Mongitude brand. Yes, I think so too. Let's stateside. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100. The new Monsure Mongitude. <laughs> That's right. Monsure. Monsure Mongitude. Um, and I'm trying to think. So it's I could have Unbreakable Bones, See Crazy Things. What else was there? Perfect Recall. Perfect re- No, no way. Um, Need to sleep only four hours. That's perfect that's all you need i would take that yeah i would take that in a heartbeat i would take that yeah yeah but again if it's well tested sleep's a waste of time i mean i like it because i need it i'm not a napper or anything like that i kind of wish i was um no i i would take the four hour sleep thing there are other mutations too like Mm -hmm. there's a, a, a particular family that like does not get cancer oh wow you know what i mean like there's like they're like i'm sure they're all kinds of little things yeah 100 like henry Lax. yep yeah. Yep. Lives forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. Those yeah. are uh, some. Well, wait, what would you get? Would you only take four, the four hour sleep thing? What would you do? <sighs> four hours of sleep a night is plenty. Mm-hmm. I like that. But I also, I like, you know, I like lounging. Yeah. Doesn't oh, mean I would that still... I'm not going to lounge. Look, part of the reason I've never broken a bone wheel is because I love to lounge. Yeah, exactly. I lie around in bed all the time. I'll oh, still do wonderful. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I want that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want perfect recall. Okay. Um, and um, it'd be nice to to not have breakable bones. Yeah, it's not like I'm constantly living in fear of my bones breaking. True. And uh, again, but while they're in, a, in there, if we're in a perfect world where the bugs have been ironed out, and yeah, yeah, no, then yeah, I'll take. I'm not bones. going swimming anytime soon. I'll either. take so unbreakable bones. Yeah, give me unbreakable bones yeah, too. Sure. <laughs> sure. If, if we know that this is all fine in that world, yeah. As long as you're fooling around under the hood. Yeah, exactly. Toss that in. May as well. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. There it is, superheroes in real life, superhumans. Yeah. yeah. So maybe in the next, uh, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. the post credits of Glass oh. is uh, like, they're like, well, what a crazy battle that was. I can't believe we survived. I hope nothing bad happens next. What's that sound? It's at the door. The hole opens in the door, the center of the door. Monsieur Mongitoot. And he eats the camera. Like, that's the closing <sighs> shot where you're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. He's like a dinosaur. That, yeah. that means yeah. the, ne- the next movie is like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Where they're running from Monsieur Mongitude, who just wants to eat them. Monsieur Mongitude. Monsieur Mongitude. And it's also comic booky because David Dunn, alliteration. Uh, Kevin Crumb from Split, or alliteration. Yeah. Intentionally. But yes. I'm not Shamalin. Monsieur Mongitude. Exactly. Oh, my God. It fits perfectly. Perfect comic book name. I think you need to get in touch with M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night. Call me, baby. Yeah, you have to call me. Yeah, I'm not going to reach out to you. (laughs) No, I'm busy. Uh, Very excited for that movie. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm pumped about it. All right. I see it in the morning on Sunday. Okay. There you go. All right. This is not topical, Will. This is about a celebrity ghost stories episode from 2009. (laughs) But what celebrity? Jeffrey Ross. The Roastmaster General? Now think back to the texts that I sent you earlier today. Think. Use your powers. Yeah. I Put the pieces together. Powers. What did you say to me? Okay. Tell the people. <laughs> All right. Uh, I planted some clues in Will's head earlier. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Let's see here. <clears throat> oh, no. Do we not text that much? What? Okay. Uh, what rhymes with ghost? <laughs> Roast. <laughs> that is your clue. Uh, and then you wrote Ghostmaster General. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? In retrospect, having seen it, also like a, an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. The twist is that it was right in front of my face That's the whole time. That's what I'm time. saying. Uh, the, Jeffrey Ross is the Roastmaster General. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're right, you're right. That's right. Okay. He has a great celebrity horror story. So this – or celebrity ghost story. This was one of the first episodes of Celebrity Ghost Stories I ever saw. And I love this show both genuinely and ironically, depending on the celebrity talking basically. And a lot of them are like – hokey you kind of don't buy it or you're like i don't know it's it's sometimes it's not usually like super scary basically right it's not the point of the show to be scary necessarily it's just to tell their story so some some are successful some are not so much it's like cozy scary plus the ad novelty of being like oh my god it's lisa rinna talking to me about this This is so weird which was in the jeffrey ross episode so if you want to check this out it is season one episode five of celebrity ghost stories and when I watched it the first time, like however many years ago, I was like, that is a freaky story. I remember telling it to you just like in life or whatever, because it's a really good story. He sells it like crazy. Huh. Like he seems very genuine. I don't have really any feelings about Jeff Ross in general. Huh. I'm not a big fan of roasts. Um, it's like a kind of humor I don't really like. Yeah. So in that way, I guess you could say. Yeah, I- they're just like. And uh, David Spade is here. Yeah, it's just like not for me. David Spade, I love you. I'm just kidding. You're a piece of crap. Yeah, right. Not for me. And I know that he's got you. All right. Super. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like his thing. So I've never been like, oh, I can't wait to see Jeffrey Ross on something because I associate with him roast, which is like yeah, not my pork pie hats and roasts. Yes. Pork roast. Oh, <laughs> so. But William, I really learned some things today. I got surprised. Yeah. First of all, I well, I didn't learn this. I knew from having the memory of that episode that I was like, wow, Jeffrey Ross tells a good ghost story. I found him very compelling and very believable. And I was like, I just believed this guy. Then when I was doing research for the show, I decided to Google Jeffrey Ross ghost story to see if there, if he's told it again anywhere or if, or if just anything. And it turns out he has a podcast called thick skin with Jeff Ross. And he had on one of the guys from last podcast on the left on the show, because Jeff Ross hosts, or I mean, co-hosts his show with his cousin, who's one of his best friends, I guess. Okay. And that guy's name is Ed. And Ed is like very good friends with one of the hosts of Last Podcast on the left. Okay. So they had that guy on the show. And because that's a spooky show, he decided to tell this ghost story. Yeah. And I got some new angles on this ghost story that he didn't tell on Celebrity Horse or Celebrity okay. Ghost Stories yeah. that colored it. And it turns out I really like Jeff Ross. He seems like a very nice guy, even when he's being loose on his own show. For a Roastmaster General, he's like not like a loud, like crazy comic kind of guy. He seriously was just like, it seemed genuinely conversational. Like, you know, a lot of comedy podcasts are having conversation, but it still seems very on and rightly so. And and it's fun and everything. But he just seemed like kind of chill and laid back. And he ended the show saying, what was he? He said something really nice. He said, be nice to each other. He just seemed very nice That's and great. chill. Yeah. I support that message. Me too. So this was great for me because I've been clanking this story around in my head for years and I got to learn something new and I'm going to pass those learning, those new things, whatever, onto you guys. So here is the story. So 
Jeffrey Ross moved to LA and his in his comedy career is like really getting going. He started doing really well um and he moved into this building. So on the show, he basically just says like I moved into this building and I went out on the balcony and I looked across and I saw this guy who was in the apartment directly across from me like dancing around naked in there to music. It was like very weird. But then in the podcast, he filled it in a little bit more. It wasn't on Celebrity Horror Stories. I keep saying that because that's the blog thing that I have. Okay. Celebrity Ghost Stories is the show. Right. He said that he actually had viewed that very apartment that this guy was in. But the landlord disclosed to him that the previous tenant had killed himself in the apartment. Oh. So Jeffrey Ross didn't want it. It like creeped him out. Um, and he says, but he really, really needed to move out because he was living on Adina Menzel's couch unlikely friendship you know who that is that's adele dazim yeah oh i know <laughs> listen i know her as adele dazim so thank you for <laughs> saying that um yeah i love it when you hear celebrities refer to to odd other celebrities in Me a completely too. familiar way so off the bat i knew listening to this podcast was the right move i right. had left my phone in the other room and i had my headlet my uh wireless headphones in i was cleaning i was like well i kept having to go back to get my phone to like write down notes because i was like i'm learning so yeah. much so he had to stop crashing on adina menzel broadway star's couch and for people who don't know who she is she's wickedly talented <laughs> oh my god <laughs> whatever <laughs> Do I have something I need to censor? I don't know. We'll have to see. If well, okay. We can go. We'll return to the tape. Guys, excuse me. That's all right. That's all right. We'll. we'll I really enjoy that Adele Dazim thing in it. <laughs> Did I joke about putting a little boogie in it in the beginning of the show? I, Was that the thing I said? Maybe. Did I say I'm going to put boogie in your noogie? Well, guess what? A little boogie just. I, just, I could have just made a tissue dance. You know, a lot of people are doing this floss dance. Kristen's oh. been doing the tissue dance. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to cut that out. Yeah. It'll be fine. I'll sorry to the live people. Spare you. Um, <laughs> I'm curious if that – anyway. We'll have to go back and look. <laughs> we'll have to look at the tape. <laughs> and who is this Adele Dazim? Well, I'll tell you one thing. She's wickedly talented. Back to you, Nick. Anyway, so yeah, he's living on Adele Dazim's couch. He needs to get an apartment. So he asked if there were any other apartments available in the same building. The guy was like, yeah, there's one right across the way. <laughs> so now I'm just picturing a naked man just like... <laughs> I think that's what was going on on celebrity ghost stories. They obviously don't show it, but like they basically just have a guy being like, <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> that's a hell of a ghost. Is that a ghost? Well, it gets tragic. It's not a ghost. Oh yet. So oh, yet. Yeah. Well, we're all not ghosts yet. Drew. He becomes a ghost in this story. Oh no. I know. It's kind of a sad story. That was the other interesting thing on the podcast. And again, he just seemed very genuine. Like, so the last podcast on the left guy was on the show and be I didn't listen to the whole thing. I kind of fast forwarded until I found the part where he's telling the ghost story. But I guess his cousin maybe or somebody was like, oh, um, like you have a ghost story. And Jeffrey Ross is like, ah, I don't know if I want to tell that. It's like depressing. And like, it's just like a real bummer. Thing. Oh, my God. And okay. he seemed to mean it. Like, I, I don't know. I just really get a very authentic vibe from this whole story. Huh, okay. So um, you guys can check it out. Like I said, it's Celebrity Ghost Stories episode five of season one. And the podcast is called Thick Skin with Jeff Ross. Um, the episode is titled Jeff's Ghost Story. And it came out in March of 2018, that episode. So 
<clears throat> so he moves into an apartment that is directly across from the one that he had seen where the landlord said that somebody had committed suicide here or somebody who had died by suicide here. Um, he's like, you know, you could have the same view and everything. Um, cause it was an apartment building that was like, um, in a curve and there's like a pool in the middle and like an area to hang out with okay. like lots of balconies. He's like, so you can have the same basic thing, but just another apartment. So he decided to take that. And, um, not long after he moved in, this guy or uh, somebody ended up moving into that apartment that he had seen. Like he was, Jeffrey Ross was outside in his balcony and he noticed that this guy had moved in. I don't know if the naked dancing was the first instance of him seeing this guy. I'm not okay. sure it could have been, yeah. but he saw that this guy moved into the apartment. So then he was in the elevator sometime after that. And the guy came in the elevator and they said hello and chatted or whatever. And Jeffrey Ross was like, you know, like, you know about that apartment. Cause I guess in California they have to disclose. He was like, you know, that, um, somebody killed themselves in that apartment. Right. And the guy was like, yeah. And he's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not too concerned about that. And there was like a break on the rent for it or whatever. And Jeffrey Ross was like, all right. And he's like, so what do you do? They're chatting, and the guy was like, "Oh, I'm an actor." And Jeffrey Ross said that he was wearing like uh, clothes, <laughs> a like a waiter, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a waiter, and had like a tag and stuff. So it, like all tracked. He's an actor, and he's like trying to make it happen. He's waiting tables kind yeah, of yeah. in the meantime. Um, so he got used to seeing this guy because I guess he was out in his balcony a lot. Uh, Jeffrey Ross, he got used to seeing this guy often because it's just like right in his eye line. So he'd either see him doing normal things, like they'd just wave to each other, and it like wouldn't be a big deal. There was more naked dancing, huh. um, just like dancing around and stuff. But he noticed that he always seemed to be alone, this guy. He like was home a lot, like almost all the time when Jeffrey Ross would go out to his balcony, that guy was almost always there. And he was just like always by himself. And in contrast, um, Jeffrey Ross was like getting a lot of jobs. His career was really popping off. Um, he got a job, um, writing for the Oscars that Billy Crystal hosted. He was writing, f uh, or maybe he wasn't writing for the man show yet. Maybe that came later, but it comes in to play a little bit, but his career is really taking off. He's doing a lot of really cool things and really cool gigs and things like that. And this guy who's a struggling actor is like home all the time and by himself all the time. And he was just kind of aware of that contrast and felt yeah. a little, felt, felt bad for the guy. It made sure. him sad. So he said that, um, there was one, like one night he remembered in particular was the night of the Oscars that he wrote for Billy Crystal. And he, he got to go to the Oscars and he was backstage. He got to meet Arnold Schwarzenegger. He got to meet Robin Williams. It was like this crazy big deal, like milestone night for him. And he came home that night and he brought home, um, this smoking redhead who was Billy Crystal's makeup artist. She like came home with him. <laughs> who was actually Billy Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and they went outside on the balcony and that guy and his name was Rob or at least that's what he said maybe it was an alias but let's say the guy's name is Rob and Rob was on his balcony in the same spot he had been eight hours before when Jeffrey Ross had left for the Oscars and he was just like man oh. like you know he, he it was just sad he's having this big night where he's dressed up he's like a hot glamorous <laughs> right. girl and it's just like a big contrast and he kind of felt bad like he didn't want to be like showing off in front yeah. of him almost or something yeah. Um, he, and so he said he was just like very aware that he was out there like really living his life and getting his dreams and this guy really wasn't. So then Jeff Ross goes out on the road for a while like touring and he was gone for weeks. And when he came home, he said that there was this weird vibe in his apartment building. Like people just really weren't out and about. Like he said the pool wasn't like a place where it was usually like popping off like crazy, but people be walking around and doing stuff. Yeah. He said it just seemed like it was like a ghost town. So he went to the doorman like, what's the deal? Is everybody on vacation or is it some like holiday I don't know about or something like a religious holiday that I don't know about? And the doorman 
was like, you didn't hear? And he said, no. It turned out that Rob had jumped off his balcony and killed himself. And so he just says that on the TV show and on the podcast, he goes into a little bit more detail, um, not gory detail, but I'm still just going to leave a little bit of it out. You can look sure. if you want, but um, I just thought this was significant slash interesting when it happened. So th- I think this is the reason it was such a ghost town. It probably would be anyway, but when it happened, it was early in the morning that this happened with the guy. It was like 9 a.m. and like people were trying to talk him out of it and stuff like people oh. knew he was hanging up there so like people who live in the building like it was like in a like something ha- like it was very people knew you know what i mean like there were people around and then he did it like in front of everybody oh. so he said that you know he was like really like horrified and like upset to hear it and everything he said part of him was like you know selfishly a little glad that he had missed it because it was it sounds like it sure. was like devastating and like really really upsetting yeah um and he stopped going out on the balcony as much that this part gets a little confusing to me there was a little bit of contrast he said in the show that he kind of stopped going out on the balcony because he he just connected the balcony so much with rob because it was just right in his eye line they constantly he saw the guy he was always aware of him from there i get that yeah. right but then on the podcast i think it was just like i don't know it might have been something i misunderstood i don't even get from this discrepancy that it means this story isn't real or anything like that but it's just like it's a little different um he said that he was finding things on his balcony in a little bit of the time that leads up to this one big night that i'm going to talk about where stuff really went down he said that he was finding like just like random stuff like nothing crazy but just like dust bunnies and leaves and stuff that would be on the ground they were up on his balcony and he was like how the hell did these things get here? It doesn't make any sense. And what he said when he was telling that part of it, he was saying it in the context of the fact that weird things started happening in his apartment, like nothing super significant just yet, but just like little things moving. He didn't really elaborate as to what, but it didn't sound like it was major, like things like crazy moving, but just like he just had the sense that like things were like off. Yeah, yeah. I think he said because when he was telling it again, I actually encourage you guys to listen to it. I found it really good and. It's a good it's a good ghost story and it was very kind of affecting. He seemed like really moved by it. He's kind of like when you're excited telling a story and you're kind of all over the place. Like he was like, I don't know, things are moving the, the ceiling, something was happening, I don't know, like whatever. So just strange things were happening in the apartment. If you watch the episode of Celebrity Ghost Stories, it seems like nothing happened and then all of a sudden it happened. But during the podcast, he fills it in a little bit. So There's it seems like more. there was a little bit of strangeness yeah. going on. Um and he said in the podcast that like he talked about it at work. Like it was really freaking him out. And he was a writer on the man show at the time. Okay. And he said that he was talking about it at work and they were making fun of him like crazy. They were, he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, like ghost rhymes with roasts are like giving me crap. And he said that they tried to sneak Jimmy Kimmel's uncle Frank into his apartment, into the closet to pop out and scare him. But the doorman wouldn't let them in. Because they thought he was just like ridiculous for saying that there was a ghost. That's pretty funny. Is that funny? That's pretty funny. So wait, was he? He was already a roast master at this time. I guess I don't know if he was maybe the roast master, but he was roasting. Man, okay, all yeah. right. I think he was like the go-to roast guy, and that's part of how he got a reputation. I don't know a whole lot about the trajectory of Jeff Ross's career. Yeah, but definitely it was like him becoming the roast master was born out of him being a good roaster. He already, yeah, yeah. So okay. maybe he even got the job on the Man Show because he was known for being a comic at roasts. So he was like, so funny that roasting know. to me was always a thing that like you know 
I don't know, old people, like Bing Crosby. Well, yeah, because it used to be at like the Friars Club right. where you'd have a special jacket. And then it was it was kind of fun when Comedy Central started doing it. And then yeah. I was like, oh, they keep trying to do this. Well, it got and then so I weird. see people roasting each other on the internet. I'm like, why are young people talking about roasting each other? I don't what? Know. Yeah, it's like modern slang to roast someone. Oh my God. Weird. Yeah. Well, I think it started getting weird when they started. It was one thing was like comedians roasting each other. Like we're all friends. We're all zinging each other. Yeah. But then when there's like the roast of Justin Bieber, like what's going on? Oh, wait, why are we roasting? We're just roasting like ro- people now. You yeah. Know what I mean? It's strange. Right. But maybe it's the evolution of roasting. I guess. I just yeah. don't understand it. Yeah. So anyway, so this is the big event that he talks about on celebrity ghost stories. This is his celebrity ghost story. So. Weeks later, I think after Rob died and kind of all these things are happening, he was in bed and starting to fall asleep, I guess. And he just started to feel like somebody was in his room. He just had the sense of a presence, that thing that people talk about that you can't explain, but you just have a sense of it. Right. Um, this It's such a small detail, but it freaked me out a little bit. He said that his eyes were closed, but he felt the room get darker in front of his eyes. Like That may, that to me is like if somebody passed in front of you. Yeah, I don't like that. Isn't that it was just yeah. a one-sentence thing, but I was like, Bleh. Yeah. Um, he didn't say this on the show. He says it's on the podcast, but he says that he felt like he was paralyzed, like he was pinned down. So almost like it, but he wasn't asleep. It wasn't like sleep paralysis. Um, but he just felt paralyzed. And he said he felt like it was a tortured soul. It didn't feel like just a regular ghost or whatever. It felt like something that was messed up and upset and like just something that was really depressed and tortured. And like, it was just messing with him. Like this is somebody who's like not happy with him. And he also described, which I, I thought this was interesting and unusual that you don't really hear in ghost stories. He said that he sensed like a thickness in the air. But then the thing that's unusual to me is that he said like the, like there was body heat. Like you usually hear about cold spots or something, but he just felt like there was like a presence of something. And he was trying to ignore it and think he was just, you know, being crazy or whatever. And he did fall asleep, but he said he slept like crap. He just kept waking up. He's like sleeping with one eye open. He just felt super uneasy. I, I don't know how you'd sleep in the first place. If you well, experienced any such, of that, I'd be. I think if you're not somebody who like, like right off the bat believes in that stuff, I would think that you'd be in such denial. I mean, I think I'd be in denial. I think I'd be like, I'm being crazy. I'm being crazy. I just got to try to go to sleep or something. Yeah, I, I guess that, so. You know? Yeah. So he said that he then wakes up at like three or four in the morning to the sound of like a voice howling. So it turned out to not be an actual voice, but he does the voice in the show and it sounds jokey, but like it's freaky when he's doing it. Like like somebody doing howling like or whatever. Yeah. It ends up that um, this was another thing that I was a little bit confused about between the show Celebrity Ghost Stories and the podcast. It had something to do with like crazy wind coming through his balcony door that sounded really insane. He did say it sounded like unnatural and like weird. And in the podcast, he said that that had been happening a little bit during those weeks. Okay, yeah. Um, so just stuff with the balcony in and out confuses me a little bit. But in the show, he's like – why would that noise be coming from the balcony door? Like, I haven't been out there in, like, weeks. Now that I think about it, maybe this takes place over a longer time, and before this event happened, he hadn't gone out in weeks. That yeah, makes more sense. Maybe, yeah. Anyway, but he says, I haven't opened that door in weeks. Like, why would there be any room for the wind to be, like, howling yeah. through it? And then there's a loud, like, bam from the living room. And he's he's listening like what? And he says another bam. And then again, the way he described it, I found it really freaky and effective and and stuff. He said it was almost as if you're like, inhale, bam, bam, 
Like, it was just like this rhythm, like you're inhaling, exhale, bam, inhale, exhale, bam. It's just like going. And he was totally freaked out. He said he was like trembling, but he went out to the living room to see. And it was this big picture he said on the podcast. It was like a big picture of John Lennon that he had that was lifting up from the wall and then dropping, bam, slamming back down against it. And it started just doing it over and over. And it's just going, bam, bam bam, while he's watching. And he said that he was like, am I crazy? Am I dreaming? He started like grabbing at his body and his legs being like, am I awake? Like what the hell is happening? And then he said, like a little kid, he ran back into his room, put the covers on himself. And he's just in the fetal position, just freaked out. He's like, did not know what to do. Yeah. His phone was in the other room. He said he wants to like call somebody or something. Cause he was so scared, but his phone was in the other room and he didn't want to go in there again. So he said he stayed like that for like an hour or two and still just, Bam, bam, going over and over again. And then finally, he kind of just snapped. Like, he realized, like, I have to do something. This is not stopping. And he had the sense that this guy wants to be recognized. Like, this guy wants to be seen. So he said he couldn't believe what he was doing. But he gathered up his courage and he walked out to the balcony. And he walked right past the picture still doing its thing. Which freaks me out. That, yeah, it's he's like a man possessed, like right. a man on a mission. Right, and also you're just like, well, this is a th- like, it's so weird. It's a that fact way. now. Exactly. This is still just happening. Right. There's no need for me to even acknowledge yes. it. Like, I'm just going to breeze right past that. That is what it is. So he went out to the balcony, and he said that he just started talking, like, to the guy, like he was there. He was like, why are you doing this to me? What did I, what did I do to you? You are scaring the hell out of me, man. Like, can you please stop? You're really scaring me. I'm so sorry that, like bad things happen to you and kindly I might not be doing it but like I'm so sorry that bad things happen to you and everything but like please don't do this to me like you're really freaking me out or whatever um and then the noise calmed down it stopped and he just felt like it was kind of peaceful like he just had the feeling like okay like this is okay now it's over and he kept talking but calmly now he's just like I'm sorry this happened to you yeah like whatever and um he said that he was sorry for what Rob went through. He was sorry that he jumped. He was sorry that he went through agony. And he said, I'll remember you. Like, I'll always remember you. I'm sorry. And oh, I'm, I'm messing this up a little bit. He said all that. Like, things calmed down. He started talking calmly. And then after he said, I remember you, I'll remember you. He said then he felt like it was peaceful. Like, things kind of, like, chilled out a little bit. And then he didn't say this on the show, but he said on the podcast. And I don't know why they didn't keep this in the show. I imagine he probably said it, but they edited it. He said he was so relieved and like tired and whatever. He went to his humidor, which is like a fancy cigar thing, and got out a cigar for himself. He's going to sit on the balcony then, like, oh, we got through this and smoke. He got another cigar and he threw that off the balcony, like for the guy basically, and smoked a cigar and just hung out there. And that's kind of the end of the story. And he said that things didn't happen after that. He never, he didn't mention whether or not he had any other experiences like that i don't think it i don't think he did i don't think he did and he said that he saw the guy's mom in the apartment like in the next week or something like that like going to clean out or whatever and he went over there and he was like i'd met your son and you know i'm so sorry and just whatever and just kind of talked to her a little bit but that that's nice yeah and that he just had no other events no other interaction but and again he sounded really genuine like it sounds like the kind of thing where you could easily tie this up in a bow and it's like this makes it a complete story but he said that he 
he wondered to himself, he said this in the show, he wondered to himself, like, why didn't he haunt the producer who, like, lived above me? Why is he haunting the stripper down the hall or whatever? And he said that he wonders, or he kind of inferred that he was out there, like, his career was taking off, and he was being cocky, he's being jokey, he's doing all these things, right. he's bringing home this lady, it's all, like, fun and games or whatever, and maybe he was kind of taking it for granted. Like, maybe he wasn't really appreciating what he had, and this guy was, like, trying to work for something, and he didn't you know, get anything at all or whatever. Sure. And he said he kind of like wonders, you know, what may have happened, how things may have progressed if he didn't get that wake up call. Maybe it sounds like it was genuinely like a poignant thing for this guy. And he said that he actually like, he feels like this was a great gift and it made him realize that he was like one of the lucky ones who got to make it. Yeah. And he said that it's changed him. He feels like he like, is much more appreciative and like grounded. That's after it. I think he said like in the show, he says that he bought like a convertible Porsche cause he was like making money. Uh-huh. I think in the podcast, I think he said he sold the Porsche. He like moved into a house. It was like less flashy and stuff like that. He, it just gave him a different view of like all of this stuff. Yeah. And it was really interesting. That's wild. I, I really, um, I don't know. That that's a very interesting story. I'm yeah. gonna have to listen to that podcast. It was good. I, I honestly might go back and listen to the parts I fast forwarded just because yeah. I wanted to make sure I had everything in time for the show. But like you seemed really nice. It took a few and like thoughtful. Yeah. It took a few turns that I absolutely was not anticipating. Yeah. Um Yeah. I I mean that it feels like just like residual like jealousy and resentment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I guess there's like, there's like a way that sometimes people talk about the, the idea of ghosts as not being like, uh, you die and then you stick around yeah. like you right? being like, Oh, well, I'm a ghost. Now I'll go over there and talk to that guy. Mm-hmm. But rather that like your emotions are imprinted on right. like parts your of surroundings. Your consciousness. Yeah. And like, I wonder if that guy was living in such uh, uh, misery mm-hmm. that like there's just an imprint of this emotion of of just this like sadness and anger right and bitterness and jealousy and it's not even that it's consciously mm-hmm. pointing itself at Jeff Ross it's mm-hmm. just like that's one of the targets right that's one of the things that 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 created me right created this resentment right or maybe it was pointing itself toward Jeff Ross because the same way that Jeff Ross was looking across the courtyard into his apartment being like, I feel kind of bad for this guy. Maybe that guy was looking over into Jeff Ross's apartment being like, this guy's got the life. Well, exactly. This is what I I want. So like it came over. Yeah. Right. Um, that's really wild. Yeah. That's a really wild story. Right. Um, that's one of those stories that like makes me want to believe. It's really convincing. His storytelling. It's very Very, interesting. Yeah. It's very convincing. I really recommend watching that episode and or listening to the podcast. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah. I I like that a lot. That's very different. Mm -hmm. I know. I know. Who would have thought? I remember when I watched it however long ago, I was just like watching my fun celebrity ghost stories and I was like, whoa, that's why I remembered it however many years later. Sure. Yeah. Also, that is um, uh, another M. Night Shyamalan Mm -hmm. connection, the sixth sense Mm -hmm. that maybe these ghosts just want you to talk to them. They, They need someone to listen to them and acknowledge them Mm -hmm. and then they can move on. Totally. As much as that's a ridiculous thing to say, like that's what happens in that movie and that's kind of what Jeff Ross did. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. And that acknowledgement for that guy is kind of twofold because maybe he he wanted to be acknowledged as a ghost for whatever reason some ghosts want to be acknowledged. Plus in life, he was looking to be acknowledged. He wanted to be an actor and be seen and stuff and it didn't work out. Yeah, and yet here's Jeff Ross saying that he'll remember him. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet 
Even, yeah. if, even if you don't no, believe like nice, it. It's sad, but like kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of thing that like even if you don't believe it, like mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby, the whole idea of like maybe they're not witches, but they think they, they think are, so that witches. makes them dangerous. Yeah. Even if none of that actually happened that way and, you know, if we could be an objective third party, mm-hmm. maybe there was just a weird breeze mm-hmm. that was making the painting move mm-hmm. or something like that. Or maybe it didn't happen mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, he seems to believe that it did and his response to it was very warm yeah. and human and positive. So totally. Like, and it was like formative for him. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 real to him, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's not real objectively. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. There were also cool, times right? while you were talking where it did that, that like chill up your spine. Mm-hmm. Oh. I know. It's a freaky story. Yeah. It's the best of, of, all, of all ghosts. Yeah. It's got yeah. all the ghost elements. And even just the way he described it is really good. Like him saying that it was like, as if somebody was exhaling and then bam, exhale. Yeah, it's or wild. Inhale, bam. And I was like, he he can spin a yarn. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm uh, yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Hey right, guys. All right. Well, here we are. Here we are. Oh, you know. That's it. Uh, some people theorize that uh, in the movie Glass, there will be a connection to the Sixth Sense. Uh, oh, The Sixth really? Sense movie. That's also a superpower, right? Only some people get to talk to ghosts. I'm one of those people who thinks that. Interesting. I don't know if it'll be Haley Joel Osment. Is there any? Do you, is that just a strip theory? Is there any? It's a theory. I don't think there's any reason that you should okay. think that's actually going to happen. There been any clues that leads that or anything? No. It just feels. It just feels, it feels right. Feels like it could. It feels like it could. Except, wait, what happens in that? Oh, he's dead the whole time. Okay, never mind. Well, that's also a misnomer. He's alive part of the time. Well, okay. All right, all right, he's all alive right. for a few minutes. Okay. People have been lying <laughs> to me. Um, cool. All right. Yeah, that's it. We're at the end Man, of another episode class. of Guide to the Unknown. Thank yeah. you all so much for hanging out with us. That uh, was really great. I what know. A, this is the, yeah. Yeah, what a wackadoodle episode. Yeah, this for sure. a really good one. It was great. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. If you enjoyed this show, uh, please go consider telling your friends, your family, your coworkers, even your most bitter enemies <laughs> yeah. about us. Anything to get the word out there. Right. Spread the love. It'll unite you guys. Yeah. Yeah. You can also follow at GTTU pod to keep up with us mm-hmm. and uh, spooky goings on mm-hmm. from the world. Kristen shares amazing stories throughout yeah. the week. Yeah, it's cool. Which is like one of my primary news sources. Thank you. <laughs> um, you can go check us out on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash GTTU pod if you want to donate, give back mm-hmm. uh, something. And uh, join our secret Facebook group yeah. as well. Yeah, if you go to facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU pod, you can find it there. We've gotten many new I know, members I know. in the past it's week. It's been great. The it's Facebook great. group rules. Yeah, so oh, absolutely does. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I believe uh, uh, that's everything. I think so. Uh, is there anything that I'm forgetting? Um, you can follow us personally. William is at Haunted Sponge. Yeah, yeah I am. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. Yeah, but that's not quite it. I feel like there's something that I'm doing? forgetting. What are you doing? Oh, I know. One person in Alaska listened to us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We got to 18. We got to 18. <laughs> yep, yep. Thank you so much, Alaskan. <laughs> All-time listens, Alaska, 18. Yep. People who listen to the last episode know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yep. It made me think, though, because we got several emails from people and stuff that are like, I'm from Alaska. I listened to it. I, I listened to it when I was on vacation. There. I know. <laughs> Makes me wonder if our stats are getting lost in the Alaska Triangle. Ooh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and the vile vertices. Also makes me wonder about all our stats in general then. Let's not think about it too much. I don't really care that yeah, much. Yeah. But yeah, our stat only went up to 18. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, I mean, there's only one person in Alaska who tuned in. Sure. 
What a think, waste of no, time. I don't think that we got any letters from anybody who lives in Alaska. It was somebody who's like from Alaska. Like they had moved from Alaska and they were like, oh, do I count? Like they were joking. Right. Like, oh, I count. No, no, well, we, there were a couple other things. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. But uh, anyway, that was the update. Yeah. So we'll see you next week, everybody. Yep. Uh, be good to each other. Yeah. Be, yeah. Be nice to each other. And until next time. Yeah. We must travel. Back to the netherworld. Can we? Seeing is one of my superpowers! <laughs> my glasses! <laughs>